Good morning. Please be seated. It is such a delight to be with you on this Feast of All Saints. Your Deacon Kathy has shared shared some of your history with me, and I know that you are in a time of transition. Um, as you look ahead to new leadership, Kathy is a trusted and instinctive leader. I believe you are in very good hands with her. As you work your way through this very lengthy process, and as the church works its way through a, new, a rebirth, it's frustrating, I know, and uncertain. The spirit is sometimes very slow, and she always invites our participation and our prayers and our discernment. And that is exactly what the diocese is doing. All saints, what I, oh, what I do know about this time is there is always resurrection. There will be resurrection out of this period. And I think All Saints is a good time to remember that because that's what it's all about. Now, we deacons are very partial to the gospel. It's our job to proclaim, preach, and live the gospel in the world. Kathy's very good at that. That's what we do. And then a funny thing happened on the way to St. Mike's. <laughs> I prepared a sermon for today's gospel, and the problem is it's not the All Saints gospel. So I was told that that would happen when I was in seminary, and sure enough, it has happened today. So the Beatitudes that we just heard paint a counterintuitive picture of who is blessed. The poor, in spirit, the meek, those who are hungry. The gospel I prepared for today takes place after the Beatitudes. He's, Jesus is speaking to the same audience, his followers. And I think it's a little more instructive, so I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version and tie this, these two together. So hang in there with me. From the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees, sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. They love to have a place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all students. So that is the short version of the gospel that I have prepared a sermon for. And I'm just going to say a few words about both, because when you can imagine my curiosity about this particular gospel for all saints. I thought, well, this is really a strange gospel for all saints. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me, because if we 
read that gospel in context of today's world, it sounds contentious, one that implies that Jesus is intentionally trying to drive a wedge between the temple elite and his followers. And this Jesus, via Matthew, is on a bit of a tear. He calls into question the scribes and Pharisees' honor and integrity. They were the power elite in the temple. And from their point of view, they were just doing their job. According to the ancient historian Josephus, the Pharisees surpassed all other Jews in their knowledge of Torah. And they were particularly concerned with bringing the practices of purification necessary for temple participation into everyday life. And that appears to be a step too far for Jesus. He implores his followers to listen to the religious leaders when they quote scripture, but take care when they put their oral traditions above the law. Pay attention. Do what they say, but do not do not follow their example. They may be able to interpret God, but they are not able to implement God. Remember this, do not put on a show to impress people. Do not take the head seat at the banquet. Do not insist on a revered title. Be simply siblings to one another. Humble yourself to one another. Jesus is using the Pharisees to demonstrate a point about humility. And we're not talking about the downcast eyes, misty voice, noble sacrifice kind of humility. We're talking about the kind of humility that means living courageously with a spirit of radical connectedness to others. The kind of humility that does not deny self-interest, but instead attempts to connect the well-being of others. So now we seem to be talking about saints, don't we? The saints we read about and the ones we know manage to put power aside and focus on what's going on around them, including paying attention to the ones that Jesus called blessed, the meek, the hungry. So today we honor the saints that have gone before us and the ones next to us, sitting next to us. There are lots I know. They give us a glimpse of the kingdom of God. They are the ones who step out on a limb and help us see beyond the impossible. They are everywhere. They're here in St. Mike's. I have been, and you have been from the beginning, Your rich history of peacemaking and justice and living out the kingdom is here on this patch of the world is an inspiration. And it's part of your DNA. That is not going to change no matter what happens, what unfolds. Today is saturated with stories begging to be dusted off and read We all have them. We all have stories about saints we've known, and I'm glad to see that you've brought pictures of your beloved saints, and I encourage you to share memories of those you've known. 
Saints' stories are chocked full of curious and complex characters who've been blinded or startled by God's grace. Each one is remarkable and different. So I'd like to share one with you. And um, when you grow up in the South, as I did, you hear stories and you learn to tell stories. And among many others, I heard stories about my great-grandmother, Sue Rayner, who I never met, but I always felt that I knew her. She became such a part of our family narrative. And the story always began like this. Sue Rayner was a saint. She was the mother of eight children living in the hills of Mississippi, a part of the country that was poor and is poor. Everyone is poor. And then her husband died and left her without a source of income. We were told that she survived and even thrived by selling eggs, eventually sending all of her children to college. And that was sort of the essence of the story I heard, which I found remarkable. And about 10 years ago, I connected with one of my mother's youngest cousins, who was raised by Sue Rayner, and I wanted to know more about her and shared with him what I had been told. And his response was, there's not a word of that that's true. <laughs> and it was pretty earth-shattering. But what he said was this. She was a saint. He spoke of her with reverence for her care and raising of not just her children, but her relative's children, loving them unconditionally. He was one of them. And those children, indeed, became professors and doctors and scientists and teachers who taught the poorest children around them and in the process made the world a better place in small ways and big ways. And yes, she sold eggs. Now, these seem like the same story, but when I heard his memory of her, it was personal, and it was layered with devotion and respect and love. My grandmother, her daughter, was a teacher and played the piano beautifully, she even started a little church in her home, and every night she made beautiful blankets and layettes for babies and children without mothers and fathers. She lived gentleness and was made of steel. These women and the ones that came after them, taught that, through them, I became to understand that the world was not always kind or just, but still it was possible to be both, even in a part of the country that was un responsible for unspeakable behavior. It was possible to radiate light and hope in the darkest places, and that's what saints do. And so there's a circle Sue Rayner's life became bigger and more meaningful because of who she was, and because of who she was, she is part of my story. Remembering these saints today is a form of prayer, 
a prayer of gratitude. And those prayers have and stories are ripples of grace and resurrection. The ones we remember today celebrate not only what's possible, but what is real in the world. And that we need saints more than ever. We need their stories. We need to be reminded that of the ways in which God works through us and with us for the honor of God's people. And that, my friends, is very good news. Thanks be to God. Amen.